Thank you, Lord. That was good, wasn't it? All of it. I could go home right now. I really could. But first of all, I'm going to give you some. I'm going to give you some words. I gave them in the first service this morning. I had some people come up, so I believe there's a few more. Uh, first of all, this is for a gentleman. Uh, <clears throat> he was trying to get away from something, and what was really clear in the vision is was was gray and white, but his heart was exposed, and it was bright red. And this man's heart is being torn and exposed for who he is and who he needs to be, and he's struggling. So if that's you, you feel like God's really exposing your heart, and, and you know who you are and you know who God's calling you to be, you know, take heart. God sees that and loves you and wants to help you. Uh, there's some people who've been having very dark dreams recently, and the Lord is saying he's going to bring... Uh, those are trespassers, by the way, in your dreams. And the Lord's going to bring the, bring the light back to your dreams immediately. And uh, saw some women with shame on them for something that was done to them. And the Lord wants to tell them, shame comes not from what is done to you, but from what you do. Several women are under a blanket of shame and carry a weighted boot of it, but the Lord is clearly saying no. He wants them to see that they are not responsible. They have to take off that boot and be able to walk freely. Isn't that good? Take, take that boot off. And uh, that's all. So, if that's you this morning, the Lord wants, is here to help you. Amen? So what I have just done to you is give you an example of how I like words given in the church. Okay, because I did not come up. These, these are, the Lord gave Jackie Rummage these words, and uh, she sent them to me. Uh, and I would like to see more people give words in the church. My problem is, is when people get up and try to give a message instead of giving the word. I'm just being honest with you. Okay, you want me to be honest? If God gives you a word, I want you to give it, but I want you to leave your message somewhere else. Because so, I think we need to hear... God's releasing more of a prophetic download now than ever. And we need to hear from the people of God and what God's saying. And, you know, I had several people in the first service respond to that word, those words to me, a couple of those words. The Lord was really speaking to them and wanting to help them. And that's one of the ways that God does that is he speaks to people, gives them something, and when we just release it into the atmosphere, God does stuff. And so I pray that we could, you know, have more of that kind of ministry in this church. Amen? Y'all good? Great. Come tonight and you don't have to eat carrot soup. <laughs> now, Becky may make you eat carrots, but she makes me... She makes me I love carrots if, until you cook them, and then they're nasty. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm going to read this scripture to you, and then I'm going to talk to you about some things... Hey, it was great. Uh, Lord opened supernatural doors for us. That's what we need the Lord to do, isn't it? And that's, and that's what God's doing right now. Also, another thing, that song we were singing, you know, holy, 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 you know, that comes right out of the Bible in Revelations 4. That's what they're singing in heaven. You know, and God, I'm going to tell you, I think there's one thing that God really wants to do. I'm just throwing this in on the side. is, is the whole thing of worship. Is God really is interested in people becoming really true worshipers and there's a revelation of worship that's really coming I think and you know that's really what God wants 
it's worshipers. He said, I'm looking for worshipers. The Father's looking for those who worship Him in spirit and in truth. And I, I see God looking for that now. I've having experienced the Lord where that's what He was asking of me. Is, is He was asking what was in my heart. What, a, what it was I approaching Him for. And really what He was asking me is, are you coming here as a worshiper? And, and we're all called to be worshipers, every one of us. You know, and I know, you know, you've probably heard people say, if you don't like it, you know, you're in trouble because you're going to be spending eternity doing it and all that. And it's the truth. That's the problem with it. It's true. There's a lot of worship in heaven. And so I'm excited about, you know, bringing heaven into the earth, you know, as we learn how to worship God more. Amen? But there's more on that in the future, maybe, if the Lord's willing. So, Revelations 3, 7, and 8. Uh, to the angel of the church in Philadelphia. Everybody knows what Philadelphia means, right? Brotherly love. That's a sort of important message, brotherly love. Right. He who is holy, who is true, and who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, and who shuts and no one opens, says this. I know your deeds. Behold, I have put before you an open door which no one can shut, because you have little power and have kept my word and have not denied my name. So a few years ago, a friend of ours, many of you might remember David Harwood, you know, the Jewish brother from New York. <laughs> you couldn't, you, he turns red when he preaches and sweats profusely. <laughs> he brought this word to our church, and that's what he said. He gave us a word and said, I see this church being a Philadelphia church and that God had given us a key of David, and that God had given us an open door into heaven. And that was a pretty powerful... I take him, you know, he's pretty... Uh, as a guy who really hears the Lord, I believe. By the way, you don't ever want to get in an argument with him about Scripture. i just tell you that right now, because he knows more than everybody in the room about the Bible. You cannot defeat him in an argument. I've tried many times, and he always pulls something on you you didn't know. Like there's no, Remember, Byron, there's not punctuation in the original language. So what you have read there, that comma's not there, and I'll read it without the comma. Oh. <laughs> now here's the one, though, you, can't, you know you've got him sort of semi-defeated when he says this. Okay, Byron, just believe what you want to believe. <laughs> that, at that moment, he cannot think of something to, to, to refute you, but he knows he's right and you're wrong, so he just sort of leaves you to yourself. And you feel sort of guilty, like, oh, I better not believe this, but... So I love him. You know, he's a bit over my head, honestly, but I do love him dearly. He's a great man. But he gave us that word, and I felt like that was a real word from the Lord, that we were a Philadelphia church, and the Lord was releasing the key of David, and the Lord was releasing this open door into heaven. So what I wanted to talk to you briefly about this morning is I wanted to talk to you about the open doors that God has given us, okay, as believers. And we already had these doors, but I believe what God wants us to do is to access them. He wants to encourage us to access what He's given us, the doors He's given us already. And these, this is really uh, important, I believe, in this, especially in this time that we're living in. Um, so the first door, John 10, 9, and this is really the only one I wrote, I have on the screen, I'm sorry, but it was just too much. They'd be fussing at me if I gave them 40 scriptures. But John 10, 9, Jesus says, I am the door. Okay, that's the, the most important door there is. And all other doors uh, in the Bible, if they're not, or all other doors, period, if, if they're not from Him and from who He is, they're just not a door worth messing with. 
You understand what I'm saying? And God is really going to release to us a revelation of the Lord being the door. More than ever, I really feel there's a revelation of the Lord Himself that God wants to release to the, to the people of God. Because that, to me, and I believe this, I believe that is the great, that will, is the thing that will change all of our lives. You know, we want people to be on fire for God, and we want people to be passionate, and we want people to be full of vision, and we want people to do the works of God, and we try to encourage them, and we tell them stuff that the Bible says. But ultimately, the thing I think that will solve it all is when that person... These us, you and I, individually and corporately, begin to have a better and clear picture of who Christ is and how wonderful Christ is. In the, and, you know, like Luann said, the beauty of heaven. And really, I have thought in times past that, that heaven is not a beautiful place apart from Christ. It, he is what makes everything beautiful. And, you know, I believe God is going to make Christ beautiful to us. And, and, and in our lives now and in, in, our, in our lives in the future. And so that's, that's the door of all doors. That's the great door. Like the Song of Songs, this is the door of door. Door of doors. Uh, Jesus says, I'm the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved. And that word means sozo. Okay, he will be sozo. And that, of course, means, uh, means number one, having your sins forgiven and, and becoming part of the family of God. And number two, it means healing. It means physical healing and inner healing. And number three, it means um, deliverance and protection from the devil and for all the works of the devil. So that's a door God has invi- is inviting people into today in the, in the body of Christ and in the world. And, and for us as believers this morning, He's inviting you and I to greater levels of healing in our hearts and our minds. That's an invitation. That's a door that many of us have walked into, okay, on some level. We need to walk further into that door. We need more healing. We need more, more deliverance, I believe. Um, I think we will, never go, we will never grow beyond needing healing and deliverance in our life because we live in a fallen world where there's a lot of assault that's constantly coming against our minds and our hearts. And it requires, that's why Paul said to the Ephesian church, I commend you to God in the word of His grace which is able to build you up, which means repair, heal, fix, and to give you inheritance. And, and so we will always need that. If you can, the picture I always had is like a house in a storm. Recently we had a bad windstorm here, and I was like 50 shingles were in the parking lot from the wind. And the, we had to get the roofer to come over here and put the shingles back on and fix the shingles. And so that's the way our lives are. Sometimes storms come. Okay, and our shingles get blown off, and we need the Holy Spirit to put them back on for us. And that's what sozo is. And so we need to, we need to all go through that door. We really do, and we need to keep going through that door for the rest of, you know, rest of our time on this earth is to go through that door. And, I, and, and the other thing it says, uh, He will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Find pasture. Go in and out. In other words, there'll be a freedom in your life. There'll be a, 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 an access point in your life where you can go into the heavenly realm, into Christ, and get the provision. Pastor. If you're a sheep in the natural, pastors will be a big thing in your life, right? That'd be a place where you eat. A place where you get what you need. And so Christ is saying you can come in and out. You can come in and get what you need and go back out into your lives, into the world, into the situations you're in, and be able to do with what you need to do. And you, but you'll have the provision of heaven with you. 
That's, that's the main door that God has for His people, for all of His people. But not many have taken advantage of it. And God's going to teach us how to take advantage of the greatest door that's ever been given to mankind to heal us, to help us, to forgive us, make us part of that, and learn how to access the, the storehouses of heaven that, that are found in Christ that, that we need on this earth today. I, I'm convinced, I'm sold on this 100%. You could never, you could never convince me otherwise. So that's, one of the, that's the main door. Uh, the next door is um, Colossians. It's found in Colossians chapter 4, verse 3 and, 3 and 4. I don't really have it up on the screen. It says, Pray for us as well that God would open up to us a door for the Word so that we may speak forth the mystery of Christ or the secret of Christ for which I have been imprisoned that I may make it clear in the way I ought to speak. So I believe God has, has, wants to really emphasize and continue to always emphasize to the believers that there's a door of the Word that has been given to the people of God. Now, I feel like one of the great things that God has done in our church in the last two, two years and so has been that. It's the door of the Word. I think that's one of the greatest things. I probably don't talk about, you know, we talk about the Holy Spirit River as being a great thing, but that's what the Holy Spirit, it, the Holy Spirit River showed me the door to the Word. And what I mean by the door of the Word, if you remember on the road to Emmaus, Jesus walked down the road with two men who were in a, in a bad way, discouragement, disappointment, and He began to talk to, to them about the Lord, about Himself, and about the Scriptures. He began to, to show them in the Scriptures all about Christ, and it, they wound up sitting down to eat with Him, and it says He broke the bread, and He disappeared from their sights. You know, he broke the bread, and that's really what God has done. God has offered a broken, and that's the word, the bread. He's broken that bread and opened, opened it. And it, later it says he opened their mind. This is 20, Luke 24, verse 45. He, I think it's 45. He opened their mind to understand the Scriptures. So God has opened a door for us for a greater understanding and a greater revelation of the Scriptures. It's available to us. Okay, it's available to every person. Now, here's the key. You've got to pull on that thing to get it. If you'll pull on it, you can get revelation out of the Word. But you've got to pull on it. You can't just read it and read it with your mind. You've got to read it believing that God wants to reveal it to you. And if you start putting, you know, we, you know I, I never have really liked that. Donna did that. I didn't do that. I just want to make that clear right now. She's always blaming me for doing stuff, but she did that. I saw her messing with that thing back there. I forgot what I was going to say. It doesn't, must not matter. Anyways, it's back to the Word. I want to encourage you to pull... Oh, it's the demand thing. And put a demand on God. That sort of seems... like oh, I hate putting a demand. It's like putting a demand on your daddy. Like, I'll show you a demand. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I like that word contend a little better because I'm going to contend for something because I think God wants, has released it. But the enemy and our own selves get in the way of it. And so as we really go after this thing, God really will begin to show us things in the Word that we've never seen before. And Scriptures will come alive to us. Okay? So I don't think it can ever be said enough that we need to be people who pull on the Word and pull revelation down into our lives from the Scriptures. Christians who are not doing that are missing like a lot of good stuff, you know. But I wanted to tell you the one thing that I think God has done that has been, for me, the most wonderful thing. It's the revelation of God, the three-in-person, the Trinity of God. The, 
It's 2 Corinthians 13, 14. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, which, by the way, Paul, when he says God, he, he pointed out in one place in Corinthians where he says, God, who is our Father. Be the love of the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. 2 Corinthians 13. See, that's been the greatest thing in my life is to begin to have a, a greater understanding of God, the, the Trinitarian God, and how He expresses Himself. You know, like we were talking about, we thought we had understanding about the Holy Spirit until God released the river of the Holy Spirit. And then we realized we were missing some, some stuff that we didn't really understand, okay, in terms of the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. But it wasn't just about the Holy Spirit fellowship. It was also about the, the love of the Father being released in, into our hearts. And it was also more about the grace of Christ. You see, God, he just, it's almost like he keeps taking you around this circle, and every time you go, you go a little higher, a little higher, a little higher, a little deeper, a little deeper, and then these things. It's a wonderful time, and that door is still open and available to us right this second. I, I'm convinced of it. And I think if you will begin to pull on that, you will start getting stuff. You know, the door of the Word is open. I just want to say that. The door of the Word is open. Come on in. That's what God's saying. Welcome into the door of the Word. Come on. Okay? I, I love this. Anyway, the other door is in fact found in Acts fourteen twenty seven. It's the door of faith. Now it says, When he had arrived and gathered the church together, they began to report all the things that God had done with them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. There, most people in this room are Gentiles by na- in the natural except a couple of them. They're sitting back there back. We won't point them out, but if you hang around them long enough, you'll understand. They're Jews. <laughs> Y'all don't get it right. Go hang around some Jews. You'll find out what I'm talking about. They're cats. That's the way I, I can describe Jews like cats. You can be on top of a house, and there'll be a cat, and you can take that cat and kick him off the top of the house. He may tumble over him, but he lands on his feet. God has made Jewish people like that. They always seem to land. You can beat them to death, kill them, walk all over the top, but they land on their feet. He's just put something in them. That's a good thing, right? Y'all Jews ain't getting mad at me back there, are you? <laughs> I'm saying something good about you. Anyways, but here, you know, faith is, is important for the church, obviously. I mean, this sort of is simple, but if we are not people of faith, okay, if we're not really living by faith, something's wrong with us. You know, the Bible says this, it's, without faith it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that God is and is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Well, God has given every man faith. If you've been born again, you have faith in you. You don't have to muster up faith. You don't have to build, you know, try, I'm going to try to get this faith and all that. It's given to you. In fact, it goes on it says that faith comes by hearing. That's the thing that releases the faith. When we begin to hear God speak to us, our faith gets activated. Okay? And so God's opened this door of faith to, to, to us. But He wants us to begin to walk in faith like we never have because I think we're going to need it on a practical level. As, as we march off into time, as we march off into the future, as our country changes, and our country's going to change, there's no way around it. It's going to change. It may not always be a change for the well for, or for the good. But we need to be people of faith regardless. If we are prospering, we need to be people of faith. If we have everything we want and need, we need to be people of faith. If we have nothing that we want or need, we need to be people of faith. And, you know, Paul said that I know how to abase and I know how to abound. It was because he lived by faith. He didn't live by circumstances. 
So God really wants to say to the church today, there's a door open, there's a door of faith open to you. And if you're willing to come in, he will teach us how to walk in that arena in every area of our life. Amen? Are y'all good? All right. The next door is the door of effective service. How would you like to have a door of effective service? Anybody in here? This is Paul, 1 Corinthians 16, verse 8. He said, I will remain in Ephesus until Pentecost for a wide door. Maybe we should call it a wide door. For effective service is open to me, and there are many adversaries. Here's what I really like. The, illust- the best illustration I've ever heard on this is, was uh, Larry Randolph uh, talked about fishing on the wrong side of the boat. Okay? And Jesus comes up to the disciples after they'd fished all night. And remember, these were professional fishermen. They knew how to fish. Okay? Because they were pros. They did it for a living. And here's this guy. At the moment, they didn't know who know it was Jesus. It's just some guy. Hey, throw your, yeah, yeah, throw your net on the other side of the boat. You know, if you were a professional fisherman and some turkey comes up on the shore telling you what to do, you want to just tell him to, you know, say something bad to him. You know, I mean, I've, you know, drop, you know, drop dead or do something, you know, go somewhere. Because... You know, you know what you're doing. And here's this idiot telling me I don't know what I'm doing. That would be your natural inclination. But they did it, and they had a great catch of fish. Well, I think a lot of people in this room, or at least one person, I know one person for sure, has had a lot of failure in their life, okay, in terms of trying to really serve God and trying to do what God's calling them to do. And that person, that one, at least that one person is me. Okay, and what God is saying to people is the very places you fail, that is going to be the very place you succeed. Now, you can apply that to any area of your life because God had to take us through that place to show us, okay, to show us that we could succeed where he could succeed where we failed. The calling was true. Moses had a true calling in his life to be a deliverer. So true that he killed an Egyptian one day, beating on a Jewish fella. Just killed him, flat killed him, and thought everybody was going to kiss his feet over it and love him. Oh, look what you've done. You didn't deliver him. No, they, was, they got all irritated with him and said, Who do you think you are? So bad that he had to, you know, bury the guy in the sand and run for his life because he knew he was in trouble for murder. And so he, but yet God, God made that man a deliverer, not just of one man, but of millions of men and women. Okay? One time the Lord told me as I went through this great time in my life of rejection, where I felt like everybody rejected. I was just like the reject. Okay? That's what I felt. Everybody, nobody liked me. Everything I did was wrong and didn't work. Nothing. And it was a bad time in my life, honestly. I mean, if you've been rejected, nobody wants to be rejected. But the Lord spoke to me one day. He said, Byron, you had to go through this. So when the time comes when you are accepted and you're loved and you're appreciated, that you would know how to take it that you would know how to take it. Because if without understanding what it feels like to be unloved and rejected and, and dis, not accepted and all that, you would just mess you up. So a lot of people go through things like that not knowing it's training for raining. Okay, it's trying to get you to the other side where you can throw the net on the other side. But, oh, hey, we've caught everything. We can have the best business in the world. No, it's the Lord. It's the Lord. We ain't even thinking business at that moment, which I'm not saying anything about business. We're thinking worship. We're thinking about, you know, good Lord, depart from me. I'm a sinful man. You know, that was one of the times that Peter did that in the prior case. Depart from me. I'm a sinful man. 
because the Lord did the same thing. You know, they fished all night. And we'll go out there at your word. <laughs> like, just go out there to the deep and throw the net. Oh, we've done it all night, but we'll do it because you said do it. And we're thinking we're going to have the same thing. But there's going to come a day when you go out there, there's going to be a major, major thing that's going to happen. And you're going to be successful. And I think there's people in this room that God really has a call on your life to be effective to be real affected, to be successful. But you've had to go through what you had to go through is so you could the success wouldn't destroy you. Okay? God wants to make you successful. He wants you to have a very successful ministry. But He didn't want to destroy you in the process of it and, and your family and all the people around you. So He allowed you, but there's a, a door of effective service that's going to be open to a lot of people, I believe. And a lot of people are going to be real successful and you're going to know it was the Lord. It's the Lord. Amen? All right, the next one is another one of Paul's. It's what I call the door you don't go through. Okay, Second Corinthians 2.12. And this is a door from the Lord, but you don't go through it. And now when I came to Troas for the gospel of Christ, he went to Troas for the gospel, and when a door was opened for me in the Lord... Now, I want you to get that. God opened the door. He was there with the right reason, right motives. It was all, you know, everything was lined up. You know, go down the list. He said, I had no rest for my spirit, not finding Titus my brother, but taking my leave of them, I went on to Macedonia. In other words, he was there for the gospel of Christ. God himself had opened the door for him, and there was something inside of him that said no. He felt unrest on the inside, and he was like, thank you for the door, Lord, but no thank you. Because there was something else driving him on the inside. And it was the Spirit of God in him t- directing him. So God wants to bring us to a place, all of us, where, where we pay attention to what's in us. Because there could be lots of opportunities to open for people. But you better listen to what that thing inside of you, that person inside of you says. And if that peace or that rest gets disturbed, don't do it. No matter what, no matter if you can't, you can line them all up and try to convince Yourself, well, I went there for the gospel. Uh, you know, uh, God opened the door. I'm, we would have thought, yeah, go. He was saying, no, I couldn't do it because something inside of me was telling me not to. That's important. See, Paul operated a whole different level than we operate at. And God wants to bring us up to that level. And on the other side of it, there was times when Paul, when all hell was breaking out around him, and people were begging him not to go through a door, and he was saying, I've got to go through the door. You know? I've got to go through that door that I've got to walk through this fire to get through. And I know it's not going to be easy and good, but something inside of me is telling me if I sit here, I'm not going to be happy on the inside. And I'm going to tell you the worst mistakes, the two worst mistakes I feel like I have ever made in my life is when I didn't listen to that thing inside of me that was saying, No, Byron, don't do it. And everybody around me was saying, yes, Byron, do it. I'm talking about good people. So we've got to learn how to hear this voice in here. Because so, God's going to have all these doors open. We're going to have a multitude of doors open that we can select from. And we need to be so sensitive to the Spirit of God in us that we let it or Him say no or say yes on some of these doors. It becomes more critical as we go on. So that, that's the door you don't go through. Okay, the last one, uh, almost the last one, the last one is my absolute favorite of all doors. This is the favorite door for me. It's Revelations 4.1. It's the door into the spirit world. 
And this is the one that we've got to get. But it says, After these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. Okay, so that door is, you should know, I hope you know this. Let me just explain this door to you like you don't know this already, but just in case you don't. When Jesus was baptized, it says the heavens were open. In the Greek, literal Greek, it says the heavens were ripped open. It didn't say they was just like an open heaven and it closed back. It says the heavens were literally ripped open. And then when Jesus died on the cross, the bell in the temple was rent, emphasizing, declaring that rip would never be repaired. It will never be repaired. Heaven has been opened for us. And that's what John saw. He saw this door that was standing wide open, always had been standing since, since the Lord came. And so he access, was able to access this door. And it says he, he heard a voice uh, like the sound of a trumpet. This is craziness. I was having this conversation with this guy. And he sounded like a trumpet when he was talking to me. He had a bad cold. I don't know what was on, but he kept saying these words, and it sounded like... <laughs> I thought, that guy sounded like a horn. And I was doing everything I could to keep him laughing. Because he was talking about something serious. I kept, putting all the, I kept thinking about, let me think of something really bad and sorrowful. Just so I won't laugh. <laughs> then I read that. You know, sometimes God does stuff that's crazy. Like, somebody's going to have a voice like a horn? Come on. I heard that voice. It don't sound like you think it. Like it sounds all spiritual. It sounds funny to me. God has a sense of humor. I'm just convinced of that. Now, when that angel says that, it may be, have a different flow on it. But that day, I didn't have a flow on it. <laughs> Anyway, there's this voice speaking. He'll say, come up here and I will show you what must take thing place after these things. So God wants to teach us how to practically access the spiritual realm. Okay? Now, I know there's a lot of people who have struggled with all that. And they have, you have struggles with the whole, you know, the whole angelic stuff and people seeing this. And seeing, I understand that. Okay? I used to be one of you, if you happen to be one of those people. But I have since repented... Okay, because God, that's a gift from heaven. The problem is what God's been speaking to me recently is, is, is He wants to teach me and you how to tell other people how to access that on a practical level where it's not so dogged far out there that they can't get to it. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. That's really important because honestly, that's what Jesus did. He was able to show people how to access the heavenly realm okay, in a practical way. One of the great statements in the Scripture, you find this. When he healed all these people, they said, God has come down and has taken care of his people. That's what the people said when they saw all the miracles that Jesus was doing. That's practical. That's a practical way of people seeing an open heaven. Because Jesus ultimately, you know, honestly, he was the open heaven. Everywhere he went, heaven followed. I mean, you know, it was like, you know, you've seen those commercials, those cartoons with a dark cloud over this guy walking around with, there was an open heaven over him everywhere he went it went with him because he was the open heaven okay but see he's coming now he's in us and he wants to do the same thing in our lives and through our lives and teach us on a personal level number one how we do it which it starts right there in your mind I know I'm getting off the subject here but this is really important for us because cause there's a very prophetic part to this okay it says I'm going to show you what must take place after these things. I'm going to show you the future. 
And so what I've seen myself in the church in the last you know, 20-something years, 26, there was a really, in the 80s, a real like download from heaven on the prophetic ministry. And there was a lot of teaching that came forth in the church on the prophetic ministry. It was really good. And it really helped the church to really begin to understand prophetic, the prophecy realm. Okay, now I'm not talking about end times prophecy. I'm just talking about, you know, when, when Paul says to, to earnestly desire uh, the spiritual, especially that you might prophesy. I'm talking about that. And, and so there was a lot, there's like this prophetic move, and God was really restoring the prophetic to the church. And that was great, but the thing is, I feel like we sort of slammed the ceiling on all that teaching. Right? I mean, we have taken that and got everything out of it we could get out of it. Because the majority of that was, was, really was for encouragement, exhortation, and comfort to the people. To build the church up. Okay? There's another part of seeing into the future. I know that sounds weird to some of you. But it's in the Bible. And God really wants to... to because we need to... God, God wants to talk to people about the future about what's in front of us. It may be three minutes in front of us. Or it could be next month in front of us. He wants to release, just like here, He wants to bring us up and show us things about what He is up to in the earth, what God is up to. Not, I'm not thinking about the devil now. I'm thinking about what God's up to. It's easy to see what the devil's doing, right? You can just turn the television on, walk out and, you know, somewhere. <laughs> you can see what the devil's doing. It doesn't take spiritual to do that. It takes just having a, you know, being alive. But God wants to show us what He's going to be doing because and, and, He has this hunger to share it with people. This is what I, hadn't you ever, don't you tell people about stuff you have, your plans? Yeah. The people that are close to you, this is what I'm going to do. This, what, are you, what are you doing? I always ask Biggie, what's your plans for the day? Or what's your plans for tomorrow? Because I want to know because we're together in this thing. Plus, I don't want to be going out and committing her to stuff because she gets mad at me when I tell her I'm, she's going to do something. Although I make plans all the time and then she tells me I can't do them. I don't get mad. That's why I quit making plans. I just tell people to talk to Becky. She's in charge of my life. But the Lord really does want to... Revi- he wants to take us to this thing. There's an invitation from the Lord and nobody's going through it. I mean, some people are... But not enough people are going through that door. Come up here. Come up here. I want to show you some things. I want to reveal some things to you that you're not going to... And, and this, this door into the open heaven. Heaven is open. It opened. Jesus died for us so we could have the open heaven. So we've got to learn how to do it in a practical way where it won't be so offensive and ridiculous to people. And it would help them. Are y'all good on that one? Well, I'm going to be ending it because we're going to do a special uh, ministry time today. Let, uh, let me just... This last one... Uh, is, is an important one for us. And this is, uh, it says, Paul, uh, it says, it's, this was in Acts 16, verse 6 through 9, but Paul basically went out to preach in, in, in Galatia and in region. And then it says this, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. It, this sounds contrary almost. Like, here's the Holy Spirit forbidding you to speak the word in a certain place. So Paul really understood, and then he says in verse 7, they came to Mysa, and they were trying to go to Bithynia, and the Spirit of Jesus did not permit them. Okay? And then he had a dream, okay? 
And he saw a man from Macedonia saying, come over here and help us. And he determined there's the door. God certainly wanted the people in Asia to hear the gospel. It was on God. God loved those people. He, but it wasn't the time. It wasn't Paul's time to go there. So a lot of our doors, sometimes they're going to be close to us. Okay? And sometimes it's the Lord. We've got to be able to discern, oh, that's the Holy Spirit saying no. That's the Spirit of Christ saying no. Now's not the time. And it may not ever be my time to go here, go there, go do this. It may be somebody else's. He may be saying, that really doesn't, that's not your mission. That's not your assignment. Are y'all understanding this? We've got to understand that timing is really important on doors with God. And we have to, and we have to obey Him because He is the man who opens and the one who opens and that nobody can shut. And He's the one who shuts and nobody can open. Don't try to open a door that God's not letting you open. Because if you'll get in trouble. Now, if, he let, if there's a door and you start messing with it and all of a sudden it opens, my encouragement is going in. Because it opened because he let it open. Okay? If you're, if, behold, I stand at the door. Keep knocking. It says, the Bible says if you'll keep knocking, the door will be open. There's doors for us if we'll be persistent, you know, with the Lord. Amen? So we've got to get these doors, man. We've got to go in. I don't know. Now, what we're going to do... Uh, Last week, Chuck had this word, and the word was this. If you will allow the Lord to break up the fallow ground of your heart this week, God will plant, that was the past seven days, seven, seven, if you allow the Lord to break up that fallow ground, then God will plant a seed in your heart this week. Okay? So God wants to plant a seed. Okay, and we do, I talked to you about the financial seed that we participated with him with. So, but there's another invisible seed that God wants to put down in us that'll bring a great harvest. And so Chuck has a ministry team that he, he's put together, this, and he's going to show us how to receive this. Uh, what I want you to do is, is everybody go around and come this way so I can anoint you as you're coming up this way. I won't be myself be praying for you but the ones I've talked to y'all come on up here and spread out and then um, you go to these people and let them pray for you they're not going to spend a whole lot of time on you they're just going to pray a little simple prayer and you'll be gone I want, um, but I want you to uh, come up this way and the seed that the Lord hang on a second the seed that the Lord wants to put in you is the seed of the rose of Sharon The Lion of Judah and the Balm of Gilead. Now, the Lord will explain to us, I think, in the weeks to come, what He's doing in us because it's going to bring a harvest. Okay? Now, if you're a businessman, uh, how many businessmen have we got in here? And women. Absolutely. Women, too. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. In Christ, there's neither male nor female. I want you to meet me over here after you get prayed for because I want to share something with you about what God wants to make a covenant with you, okay? All right, everybody just go.